Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That is not what I am talking about. I am not ready to be without you. A man who has not prepared his children for his own death has failed as a father. Have I ever failed you? Never. Tell me how to best protect Wakanda. I want to be a great king, Baba. Just like you. You're going to struggle. So you need to surround yourself with people you trust. You're a good man. With a good heart. And it's hard for a good man to be king. The world outside your window is a lot sadder. And in here, we're sad too, but everything still is super as we're talking all things MCU here on Post Show Recap. So everybody, Mike Bloom back once again, uh, swinging in for Josh Wiggler. Had to unfortunately step away from the podcast this week due to emergency, but I have filled in to start part one of at least a two-part conversation about the film Black Panther. And in this podcast, more specifically, a breakdown about the late Chadwick Boseman and what he brought to the titular character through the film and beyond. Of course, I'm not alone. I'm joined by a superstar panel of people more solid and versatile than Vibranium. Uh, of course, Kevin Mahadeh, who has been such a constant here on the, on the amidst all the other swirling circumstances the past few weeks. Kevin, how's it going? I am the penny to this series is Desmond. <laughs> you made the loss reference before me. I just want to make note of that. <laughs> I made it, so now we don't have to talk about it again. That's okay, why I you did got it. you it's got gone. you got your one in here, and she has been hyped up uh, since last week. But I'm so happy to welcome this person in to make her everything is super debut. She is an outsider, uh, a killmonger, if you will, but hopefully. <laughs> We're still okay, uh, as, as you know, as, as natives to this podcast. You might know her from her fantastic work on the Lovecraft Country podcast here on Post Show Recaps, as well as being part of the RHAP class of 2020. Latanya Starks, welcome to Everything is Super. Mike Bloom, thank you for that introduction. I don't know if I'll ever receive another one like that. It was great. <laughs> well, happy happy Not- to fill fill that very unique, uh, I guess, a prologue to to your entrance. Before we even get into everything, Latanya, because if, if people haven't had the opportunity to check out the coverage that you two and Josh are doing of Lovecraft Country here on Poetry Recaps, which I will just say right now, stop down. 
watch three episodes of Lovecraft Country, listen to the podcast. It's fantastic, both both in both regards. But uh, give a quick introduction about who you are and particularly, I guess, uh, where you sort of come down on, on the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it relates to everything as super. Okay. Um, I am Latanya Starks. Uh, I'm a member of the RHAP class of 2020 and uh, was asked to um, do my first podcast. And it's the Lovecraft Country podcast with Kevin and Josh, uh, which has been great so far. Um, MCU things. Um, so to be honest, I did not start watching any of the MCU movies until um, Captain America... Um, which, which one, the winter soldier was like on cable, like it was at that point. (laughs) (laughs) And so I didn't know, I hadn't seen the ones before. I didn't really, wasn't paying attention to the interconnected universe. I had a lot of stuff going on. Um, but I saw that movie and I was like, okay, this is amazing. Like what's happening? How can I watch all of the rest of these? And I did. Um, and you know, really, love the majority of them. Um, Endgame was uh, specifically the second one was like, uh, which I guess, you know, the first is Infinity War. So yeah, Endgame was one of my like favorite cinematic experiences that I've had as an adult. Um, so I really love these characters a lot. And uh, Black Panther, just the movie, um, the character of T'Challa and, Chadwick Boseman um, means so much to me uh, that, you know, this is going to be a difficult one to get through. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. happy to be here to talk about it, though. Yeah, so so just to let you know all right at the top here, in case uh, you missed the prologue to last week's Thor Ragnarok podcast that Kevin and Josh did, in which they offered, I think you guys had a, a beautiful, uh, you know, sort of morning of, of Chadwick's passing last Friday. We are here to sort of extend on that. So this is part one of the Black Panther podcast, but this discussion is going to be oriented around specifically uh, Chadwick Boseman's performance as T'Challa, boiling down you know what his character meant to the film to the mcu to the world because i think it's safe to say in the past few days following his passing it has become all too clear the impact that this film and specifically the character of black panther has had uh you know in in our modern day culture and so obviously we're still going to get into the usual fare. There's still going to be talk about the film proper, all the great stuff that happens there, all things Killmonger, all things Shori, and of course the usual ratings and rankings. That is going to be in a podcast for next week. We felt that due to the passing of Chadwick, it was only appropriate that that you take the time to not only talk about his inimitable performance as T'Challa, but also what this character means and will mean for the MCU and the world. I mentioned this last week when I was guesting on the Ragnarok podcast. This is, to date, the only MCU film nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Uh, It is the highest-grossing solo superhero film of all time. So clearly, there is something pertinent here. Again, if you haven't been checking social media, that should be sign enough that this is important. And I guess to to start off the conversation a bit, LaTanya, you you brought up Endgame. And I will say that the endgame viewing experience was a pretty seminal one for me as well. 
And one thing that always sticks out to me is during the infamous on your yeah. left section in the last few minutes of the film, when here comes those those magic rings and everyone comes walking through, there were two big ovations right. that came from the crowd. Uh, I don't know if you both of you had the same experience. Uh, one for me was yeah. Spider-Man. Uh, obviously, he was the biggest hit, I think, at the end of Infinity War. And the other one was that image of uh, T'Challa and Shuri and Okoye yeah. walking through. And I think that is even just the tipping point of, despite the fact that Okoye was in a bit of Endgame, but these characters were largely absent from the film. Here they show up at like the three hour, 18 minute mark, and they still receive an ovation. Kevin, I, I just think it that even speaks to how beloved these characters became in the course of essentially one movie and change. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to get too far into the end game talk because that's that's for a future uh, podcast that I definitely have a lot to say and I want to reserve my joy <laughs> for, for those moments. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was easily, I think, that and, and, and the Spider-Man, you're 100% right, the biggest moments. But I think, you know, of course, of course, these characters, you know, resonated and have like an importance um, because... A lot of that is attributed to Chadwick uh, Chadwick Boseman's portrayal of T'Challa that we first saw in Civil War. Like he introduced a character to the MCU in such a amazing, dynamic way, and people fell in love with that character immediately. And his presence as that character, and just his mannerisms as that, as that character. There's just so much. So that didn't, that doesn't even touch on the importance of him as a character and as a presence for people of color. And I think. That has a huge reaction, you know, through that, of course, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a seminal moment, especially having him come out as a first person, you know, to essentially, you know, lead the charge in a way of the rest coming in. I think it's such a great moment, um, that you don't ever get to see. You never see, uh, people of color in that kind of position either, um, and certainly don't get the reaction, uh, that way, um, and so, like, yeah, I just, it's crazy and it's wild because of the importance that character had. And, you know, when, when I got the message, you know, uh, of what happened from Josh, it was such an immediate hole that gets torn into everything. Um, mm. And I think that says a lot, right? Like, that reaction that character had, imagine that being, like, a ripped away now. Like, that's, that's, the, that's the size of hole that doesn't even begin to, like, reach, you know, of, of what's being left behind here. Let's let's sort of talk about, I guess, our own thoughts on Chadwick as an actor and as a person, even before, uh, you know, he we were able to see him in Civil War as T'Challa. Latanya, what, what was sort of your experience with Chadwick Boseman before this? Because obviously T'Challa, I think, catapulted him into superstardom. But even before that, he was certainly making a name for himself, especially among the biopics, biopics. I don't know which way you say it, but either way, he was doing good playing famous people. Yeah, I mean. So, just the importance of Chadwick Chadwick Boseman to the Black community, I don't think, can be overstated. Um, You know, there, but, you know, in addition to playing T'Challa, he also portrayed... um, uh, Thurgood Marshall and Marshall. Um, he was Jackie Robinson in 42. Mm-hmm. He was in Get On Up um, as, as James Brown. Um, he was... There's another movie. 
um, where he was a like a Hall of Fame or running back that he played. Um, I think it was the Ernie Hudson story. Um, so just like all of these historical characters that are so important to Black history, um, and that you know pave the way for so many people, uh, you know, who are our ancestors essentially, and they were the people that. Chadwick Boseman decided to uh, portray and really, you know, that's how he chose to do the work, I guess, of um, giving that representation, um, like providing that representation for people to be able to, um, you know, show their children that like, this is, these are the stories that we want to be told and we want to have uh, black people in front of the camera and behind the camera, you know, thinking about, you know, Hearing the news myself, I immediately started to be grateful that I did not have to, you know, that my nephew is too young to have, uh, like to really understand movies yet. So I don't have to explain mm. to him yet, um, that this has happened. And I, and started to think of all the parents that have to explain to their kids that their king is gone. Um, and looking at all of like the little children kind of, um, you know, putting on mock funerals. And I started doing a little bit of research to think about why this, for lack of a better uh, phrase, death hit different um, and why we Mm -hmm. grieve people that we don't know. And there's a really good podcast um, that's hosted by Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, um, who's a licensed psychologist out of Atlanta called the therapy for black girls podcast. It's like super short um, little like, you know, pick me up episodes that are not meant to be a substitute for actual therapy or psychiatry, but um, to give you some insight. And uh, she made an episode called Why Am I Grieving Someone I Didn't Know uh, right after the horrible uh, death of Nipsey Hussle. Um, and Dr. Joy said that there's a something in psychiatry called uh, the belief that uh, the just world hypothesis, which is the belief that we put out into the world what we um, get back from it. So if we do something good, if we put good out into the world, then we'll get good things back. And Chadwick Boseman, obviously with his art comes to mind. All he ever did was put good things out into the world. So for him to have died after battling cancer in secret and giving us these roles while, you know, in the midst of that struggle and having surgeries and having chemotherapy, um, giving us so much. Uh, it makes us feel more vulnerable. We face our own mortality. And, you know, we also get a, a, a sense of the fact that we're grieving communally on social media because we cannot be together right now because of the pandemic. Hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like it definitely, definitely hit different. And I kind of said this in, in my, you know, in the Ragnarok intro and I can get deeper into it. Uh, later as well but it just i you know i don't use the word unfair often but like this death really felt unfair to me for so many so many reasons and i think another reason for me it hit different is just the timing of it all um with everything happening i mean everything is constantly happening if you're a person of color especially a black person of color um it is it is non-stop and it's just been ever amplifying to a degree that most of us knew was coming. And we just was really hoping it would just not happen as quick as it's going, but here we are. Um, but 
that happening as it's all going down, like, you know, like the same day or like the day after everything that happened in Kenosha and everything, you know, right. or with Kyle Rittenhouse, like the timing was just so brutal and so rough. And I saw a tweet that basically summed up my personal feelings about why it, I just am sad and angry. You know, anger is my go-to. I, I get angry about a lot of stuff, especially it's my reaction to like, instead of feeling sad, I just want to lash out, which is not great. And I've been working really hard to stop all that. But, um, Someone tweeted, like, it's just really tough um, when, our, you know, you just watch as your heroes keep dying and your enemies thrive. And that's exactly what it feels like, is that it's another hero, a huge, important, important hero for a lot of us. And especially now to die and get taken away while yeah, our enemies are thriving real hard. Um, it's rough. It, it's brutal. And that's not to put a lot of the weight on him for, for, for being that, obviously, but... I think there's so many factors of why this one came in and came in hard. And especially because the MCU meant so much to so many people and, you know, to see, especially for young kids, a hero that looks like you on screen is a big, big deal. Um, so yeah, it definitely, it definitely just really hits different. It, it, it gets really emotional. There's so much he brought to the world of acting to his fans. He was, you know, he was so passionate and, um, and rewarding to them and did stuff to that for them that, it just shows like, you know, he was, he was being T'Challa, you know, before he even was cast in that role practically. Um, so to lose that is, is really hard and really rough. Um, yeah, it just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to your point, uh, as Latanya went into, he, he played a lot of notable groundbreaking figures in history. And there will certainly be personal statements from a myriad of people who have come out, uh, you know, giving their condolences to his family and talking about the loss of Chadwick. But I think Harrison Ford, who co-started with him in 42, said a really interesting thing where he basically said he is as much a hero as any that he played. And you do get this from time to time with celebrities, but it does feel that Chadwick Boseman stands out among them, that, that he is somebody who, even after the fact... Or when you remember back and you find out these things that you, he did from a humanitarian perspective, from a leader perspective. You know, one thing I saw recently was a story about how after the success of Black Panther, he was approached for like, oh, do you want to do, you know, alcohol sponsorships and deals? And he basically refused them, turned down sponsorships because he basically said, like, I don't want black kids watching me and saying, okay, I can be a superhero and now I can do this. Uh, he essentially knew that he was going to be a role model no matter what, and then he sort of composed himself by that. Kevin, talk to me about your reaction to finding out, I guess, you know, this was talked about a bit in your Civil War podcast, but what was your reaction when you found out that the character of Black Panther was going to get a centric film and that Chadwick was going to be the one personifying him? Yeah, I mean, I will admit, you know, I wasn't familiar with Chadwick Boseman before Black Panther, um, so it was new to me, and, you know, uh, but seeing him in that role, I, you know, it said everything I needed to say. I try to usually reserve my judgment. I'm one of the people who, you know, sometimes I'll have the gut reaction, but I usually always reserve my judgment for casting news, you know, where if it's a nobody or people are like, how about, how, you know, what do you mean that person it's always something there's always like this visceral reaction online. And I'm always just like, let's just see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like the casting wasn't something that was going to hit me in, in a way that I was going to be super pro or negative. There's a lot of times I'll be super pro cause I'm very familiar with their work and their ability. And I'm like, yes. Um, but hearing that character was coming to the MCU was a huge deal and very exciting deal. And the fact that he was going to get his own movie was also a huge and exciting deal. And also a like, Cool. About time on this. Thanks. We're, we're, I'm glad. Um, 
you know, and that's not even to say, like, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> this is a celebration, but at the same time, it's just like, well, yeah, of course, man. Like, it, it just, it's rough for, 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 for every, you know, for every non-white cis male, basically, because it takes a while for us to get the stuff that, that everyone else kind of got, you know, like, I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, I, NK Jemison, I think in, in the fifth season has a, has an intro where it's just like for everyone who has to fight twice as hard to get what others were given without question. And like, that's such a like powerful statement to like dedicate your book to that. Um, and I just feel like that's, that's been the case with, with, with this stuff, especially in comics, like to get a, a, a movie like that starring a person of color to get a female centric film took freaking forever as well. Um, so it was very exciting to know it was happening and, and at the same time feel a lot of pressure and fear um, because uh, <laughs> of history. Like you, you hear that there's going to be a black Panther film and all I have to do was like sit for mm, half a second before I'm just like, and here they come. All the people mm. are going to be mad about it and their rage and anger over us getting one thing, um, you know, but at the same time, it, yeah, it's, it's exciting and, and you know, it's going to be coming, but it just felt really afterwards watching it knowing that i'm just like yes it, it it was incredible and i think part of the reason is incredible too is like the cast and the creators i mean having pretty much all people of color making this movie i think really helped it um in terms of like telling the right story in the right way well tanya how'd you react to it when you heard that black panther considering uh the the history i think of black superhero films mm-hmm. is a rocky road <laughs> to, say, to say the least yeah. <laughs> well you guys don't like steel <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> I think that's silence. Listen, I get. I'd, I'd rather have. Honestly, it says something that I'd rather have Shaq and Kazam than Shaq and Steel any day of the week. <laughs> I can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I I was immediately excited. I was just like, yes, okay, this is going to be the best movie of all of the movies. Then you know, this is going to be the best <laughs> Ryan Coogler movie since the last Ryan Coogler movie. This is going to be the best Chadwick Boseman movie since the last Chadwick Boseman movie. And then it was just, they just kept rolling out these names and it was just black excellence. I mean, I, I did not give any poops whatsoever what anyone else was going to think or whether or not there was going to be backlash. I was just like, it's happening during Black History Month. All, we're all going like get in loser. We're going to go, to go see Black Panther. You know, <laughs> I, I was excited about it. Yeah. I mean, just all, all you had to do, you know, even before the solo movie was just look at the introduction to that character, um, in, uh, Civil War to mm. get an idea of how amazing the standalone film would be. I mean, they, they had to do it because the, you know, like I said, my journey with the MCU started with, um, you know, um, the winter soldier and the winter soldiers, a, like badass assassin. Right. Um, but no match at all for T'Challa, like none, it just no contest, which was great to see. It was all great. Mm. So I want to pipe in uh, some responses. Josh asked for feedback from the listeners of RHAP Nation uh, to sound off about, you know, what Chadwick and T'Challa has has meant to you. So I'll I'll sort of pipe in some responses throughout as, as we keep on discussing here, just to hear from as many people as possible. 
Geek Furious wrote, I saw Black Panther opening night on my 46th birthday. When it ended, my partner and I talked about the time we live in when boys and girls of all races are growing up with heroes of all races slash genders and how it will change the world as those kids become adults. It is a tremendous loss, R.I.P. Uh, Phoebe Nugent writes, when Black Panther premiered, I was living in Atlanta. Shows were sold out for a long time. The Black Panther brought out so much beautiful Black and African heritage pride. Finally going to see the movie, the most wonderful part was the unity in the theater. Absolutely one of the top movies in the MCU, and not just because it's a good movie, because of the diversity it brings to the Marvel Universe, and not the kind of quote-unquote diversity where the BIPOC person is a sidekick, true diversity where they have their own personality and motivations. And on that note, I, I would love to ask you both, uh, I guess starting with Latanya, you, you spoke about it a bit, but what was your viewing experience like? Did you notice any sort of makeup in the theater for Black Panther as compared to maybe some other Marvel films? Um, yeah, I mean, so for, I mean, so I live in Chicago, so like um, the neighborhoods are segregated. <laughs> So there's going to be, um, it depends on what movie theater you go to. Um, the one that we typically go to, there's a pretty good mix of people, um, of all different ethnic groups. So like, um, I went with my sister and her boyfriend and we like made a night of it. Um, we got like the fancy 3D, um, <laughs> reclining seat reserver, like all of it. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, every, it, it was, the theater was completely packed. Um, the, and it was great. I, it was, there were so many things about the movie that were just refreshing to see that were aside from the obvious of it being an, um, an all black cast with majority like black behind the scenes, um, with a story about a, a thriving, self-sufficient African nation and Afrofuturistic, um, you know, things built in. It was amazing to see, um, so many dark-skinned Black people on screen, right? Um, mm. <laughs> it was amazing to see the lighting done well because it's in, it's an issue. Lighting and makeup, um, in Hollywood is not kind to black people. Uh, people just don't know how to do it because there's, you know, the people that are hired to do it are not black or people of color. Um, you know, obviously the costumes, uh, Academy award winning. Um, so, and, and the, the music, I mean, it was like a musical event as well, which you could, it could not be, um, because Kendrick Lamar was in charge. So it, it was just mm. one of those things that it was just every part of it. And, and it happened during Black History Month. Like every part of it was built, it seemed, to cater to the like Black community and embrace Blackness and celebrate Blackness. And that's something that, that it's just never happened. It never happened before, especially at a place like Disney. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, we have to go there. Like it, Disney produced Song of the South. Like it's still somewhere in there. I, I made a, I made a ride yeah. off of it. So like, and, and that's not even, I mean, the only instance, it's just one of the more famous talked about ones. So to go from that, um, to 
this celebration of just like blackness and, you know, natural black beauty, um, non Eurocentric features, all of that was fantastic. I mean, it was a, it was something that I would never forget. I'll never forget like that experience. And it's something that I want everyone to be able to, to have. Uh, everyone should get that. Yeah, I mean, this, you know, echoing everything you said, like even rewatching again, um, my fiance and I were talking and we absolutely had mentioned too, is just like another great thing about this cast is the, the range of blackness, honestly, like having such yeah. dark skinned black people in a movie is also like, even when you're being diverse, that's such a rarity to actually have, to have a, you know, variety of skin, but also such that to actually have dark skin black people in this in, in film is so rare and the lighting absolutely like coming from the marketing world the amount of times i have had instances where i've heard things about like no no, no like this person can shoot anyone i'm like can they have they have, have they actually shot people of color before because mm, like it's different it absolutely is different and we just even had you know john boyega uh speaking of other kings mm-hmm. um have an interview where he talked about the, the that that terrible situation with the hairdresser that they said oh yeah you de- they definitely know how to, how to you know uh work with black people's hair and did not and like that was awful and there is a difference to all that and so there's just such there's just such so many things in this movie that is that is different and and vibrant and amazing and even on like a a, a color level not not like skin color level but like a color level there's something oh, yeah. so different about this movie because again you're working with like skin tones and and races that you don't normally see like Thor Ragnarok has an unnatural brightness to to it an mm-hmm. unnaturally colorful this is a naturally colorful world because Skin tones require different, um, uh, like colors of clothing, also the pop and like to look different. And what looks good on one is not going to look good on the other. And so many movies are essentially just like a bunch of white people that the color scheme looks basically the same. And you have this movie where you're allowed to have this different look to it because you just have different people involved. And that, and that alone is another thing that, that like makes this movie stand out in a way because it's just stuff you don't get to see because you never get it done this way. Um, so yeah. And, for me, I mean, my theater experience was great. Like, I I did have a, a pretty good mix uh, living living in Los Angeles. Like, um, you know, there's there's various groups here. Uh, also, definitely segregated, but not as heavy as some other places. Um, but for me, the theater experience was interesting because I feel like, and this is this is for a lot of these movies where uh, Latanya, you mentioned the like get in loser, we're going to see Black Panther, <laughs> and that is sort of like my philosophy when it comes to stuff like this. And I think for this movie especially because. A lot of us here in LA also know how like Hollywood works, and this movie had to succeed. It had to, and honestly, even if it wasn't good, I'm just like, this is gonna have the biggest goddamn box office weekend. I swear to God, it ne- it's going to. So like, it is like everyone is gonna go. Everyone who ne- who knows the, the score is going to this movie. Um, you know, like uh, we did the same thing for we went to Black Panther when Crazy Rich Asians came out. It was just like, well, mm. round up, let's go, <laughs> we're moving out. Like Captain Marvel, same thing. Like this, this is this is what we're doing. When Seven, when when Shang Chi and the Seven Rings comes out, yup, let's let's go. You know, like squat up, it's happening. Yep. Um, so it's in the same way. You go in there pumped. You go in there excited because I think you also go in with a crew of people who are there in excitement and in celebration and in like readiness. And I think that's that's a great feeling to have when you go into a theater and, and you get that experience coming out of it, um, which was really fantastic. Uh, yeah, and you know, this movie does such a good job, but again, with with having that 
massive amount of diversity in it, like real diversity. And I think it's also, you know, great because that's sort of the theme of the film in a way is like, mm-hmm. you know, this movie made sure to get as many people of color of, 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 and of many types of people as possible because it, it is about like, Hey, we have to help each other out. And I think that's what, you yeah. know, that going experience I was talking about, like, you know, we're there to help each other and we have to, especially like, you know, um, minorities, like we got to help each other. That's, that's, that's the only way we're getting through it. And I think Black Panther has that message of like, Hey, if you, if you go through the door, you cannot close that door behind you. You have to keep that door open and help other people who are like you get through that door. Like it is, it is essentially your duty and responsibility to an extent. Um, which was also the message of us, which this movie had two people from that movie in it, uh, which I thought yeah, was Lupita's funny. gang around. Yeah, like there's actually three Jordan, like, cause like, uh, Daniel, yeah, Daniel, Daniel Kalua, yeah. fresh off of Get Out. Yeah. Um, was, was in, was in this movie and was also in Get Out, but, you know, us had a similar theme, you know, and I think that's, that's really important. Us was, I think, very much about like, you cannot close the door when you leave, you know, I don't want to give spoilers for that movie because it's not we're talking about, but the ending, you know, theme of that movie is that that's the wrong way to be. Like, if you cannot lock the door on people who are still below, you have to help them. Like, that is your responsibility as someone who came from there. Well, um, I mean, you look, you look firsthand at the first post credit scene, which is T'Challa's speech to the UN, and it's exactly that. He literally says, in times of crisis, the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. And I do think it's an interesting message that there is quite a quite literal tribal aspect to Wakanda when we meet them, even in that beautifully visual uh, opening narrative about how vibranium landed and essentially Wakanda was creative. You, you still have the Jabari tribe uh, basically going to the, to the mountains and still pushing itself away. And, you know, you talk about this a lot, Kevin, and I think we'll sort of save the killmonger of it all for next week, but it, it really does show the final message of this is sort of this idea of even those two characters, which are on such different ends of the spectrum when it comes to handling the crisis that exists being a person of color in the world today to watch, you know, T'Challa sort of accept that ideal and come forward with this as the final message of the movie. It's prescient and it is fitting in, in so many ways. And that is extending not only to the UN, but really off the screen to say, like, you need to look at the people next to you and you need to know how to build a bridge with them instead of trying to build a barrier between you, even though you should be six feet away, but still build a bridge. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I that was the other thing watching this movie. Again, the beginning, the beginning narration, it's the theme is there. The theme is so resonant in this film. The opening narration ends with him asking why. And I think, like, even beyond that, you know, um, a bookend area the, the Jabari tribe being called out is great because like that is another reflection because the Jabari chose to isolate and you know, they did not get as much as, you know, the others did, but even them at the end realized like they came out like the, at the end, they came mm-hmm. out because they're like, no nope, isolation is wrong. Like we should, we need to help our, our, our people and they show up at the end to help because they also learned that lesson. And I think it's really interesting how much the theme reflects throughout this movie uh, it's something that I think is is really good storytelling. You don't always get the resonance of the theme and all the little bits and pieces. Like that's such phenomenal storytelling. Storytelling um, that is another reason this movie I think is so successful and so well what done. What I also think was is cool about the storytelling seeding that idea is that that idea had very much been presented by Nakia repeatedly, <laughs> yeah. and it just was ignored. Uh, and it took you know. Um, like a coup <laughs> to mm-hmm. uh, get T'Challa there. But it's great that he got there. I'm just saying, listen to the women. 
and we'll get there quicker. Yeah, actually, I'm also glad you because I, I, I was going to mention this beforehand, but the other representation you talked about, like even like you know, like uh, like you know, facial structure and yeah, bone structure. Adora Milaje. Um, okay. Yes, and Okoye, yeah. I just had to call this out because, like, that's so great to see uh, a woman like that, especially like a, a a black woman who, you know, has like a shaved head. Um, and I think, like, you know, I'm going to call it out to uh, another squad that I am a huge fan of. Uh, she is a member, Representative uh, Ayanna Presley, who suffers from, I believe, she has alopecia. And she doesn't have. Uh, she she also doesn't have hair, and she wore a wig for a long time. And like she is now like wig off when she's in Congress. And I think that's so powerful and so amazing. And you know, I think this movie had that. It was a, such a subtle scene, but when Okoye was complaining about the wig she has to wear, and she gets to yeah. throw it off into someone's face, it's just such a powerful moment. But another small thing, again, this type of stuff that they have in this movie of representation and speaking about power and black power and black excellence in a way that you just do not get and do not see yeah. when non-black people the, t- yeah, try to tell these the stories. Like, uh, you know, with the mm-hmm. opening scene right after the animation, when they're um, in America and the door Milaje are at the door and they're like, who is it? <laughs> the character says some Grace Jones looking women. And, you know, and Grace Jones, you know, amazing kind of like defying beauty, traditional beauty standards to become a model um, and, you know, be dark skin um, and even like do shoots uh, wherein she made her skin darker to show off the beauty of dark skin. Um, I mean, all of that is just something that you would not get if you weren't a part of the culture and you can you can't seed all of that subtext in unless you are a part of the culture yeah and that's I the don't thing wanna, as well yeah go ahead yeah i, I well i was just gonna say like i don't i mean like this is this is something we can say for next week even but i you know like during our lovecraft podcast we said this but like i don't want to objectify uh people but i'm gonna in this case because the entire cast my <laughs> God, oh, I, like I, I totally was coming in, in saying, movie. I think this is the best looking yeah. Marvel cast. It's bar none. insane. Like you open, you know, yeah, you come in with this movie with Sterling K. Brown alone and you're just like, oh, yeah. my God. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous cast. Um, but I mean, I think what you're both speaking about, which I absolutely agree with as well, is, you know, I think we've spoken particularly in our in the phase three movies. Uh, you, you and Josh, Kevin, have spoken about like the care and direction that I think a lot of these movies have gone into, whether it's a complete pivot like Thor Ragnarok or a new adaptation like Spider-Man Homecoming. But, I mean, you you both said it, that I think there is care here, obviously, with the creative team, but it, but it feels different because these are people that, like, see each other. You know, they, they, I can imagine they don't necessarily feel stigmatized or minoritized on the set because they are the majority. And I can imagine that, that, that certainly gave them power and the power to develop a beautiful, beautiful piece of cinema. You, you spoke about the color spectrum. You just have to look at that waterfall scene and just look at all the different shades across everyone from the different tribes. And it is, it is absolutely stunning in so many levels and just the discrepancy of the like the nature of the savannas of africa you know against the urbanity of of wakanda and even just like the merging of those aesthetics within the city itself is so well done i mean ryan coogler uh obviously big 
big, incredibly talented director. Uh, Fruit Volley Station, which is when the first time he worked with Michael B. Jordan, is probably one of his most famous works. He also worked on Creed as well. I, I will say, you know, I was really excited for Chadwick, really excited for Michael B. Jordan, really excited for Letitia Wright, uh, Denai Gurira, all that stuff. But I will say, for me, when I saw Ryan Coogler, that's when I really geeked out because I'm like, this dude's directing a superhero movie. This is this is freaking awesome. Yeah, it definitely had me at Coogler and especially Michael B. Jordan having yeah with, with Fruitvale Station and Creed. I'm I'm a huge, huge, huge Rocky fan. Um, another thing I'm a big fan of, but ro- the the Rocky franchise is I mm, love it. If I ever if I ever have a moment where I'm just like I need to feel like I <laughs> I can get up and take on the world, just pop on that Rocky song. Um, and Creed was just holy hell. Like I liked Rocky Balboa, but Creed was just next level like good um and like my fiance had never seen a rocky movie um and we watched creed it was me um my mom my dad my sister um my brother-in-law and my, and my fiance had watched it and like the rest of us had all seen rocky and my fiance had never seen rocky and she even was like this is a good movie and i'm like yeah yeah and i was like this is why you should watch the first rocky this is the same this is the same type <laughs> of film you should anyway still haven't gotten her to do it but whatever uh, but yeah, knowing Ryan Coogler was involved got me really, really excited for this. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to just as a random uh, aside, because it's funny. Um, <laughs> Kevin, you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, with having so many black people in the cast, people feeling comfortable uh, with each other. Um, I thought it was hilarious that. Um, the two um, white people in this movie. Um, well, there's three technically, um, but like it's um, Ross, right? Um, and then yeah, uh, Ever, 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 Mar- Ever, yeah, Mar- Frost. Offer, offer Martin, yeah, Freeman. Martin Freeman and uh, Andy Serkis. And they <laughs> refer mm-hmm. to them on set as the Tolkien white guys. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was going to say that. Uh, Loved it. I died when i heard that that they were called the tolkien white guys i was like oh my god that's beautiful chef's kiss black people are undefeated (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) love it i uh, yeah which also i love that those you know we can get more into it later but i also love what happened with those characters in ways you know like the the almost like midpoint twist of uh nope that's not the villain that's not what the story is about and essentially ever frost role being like just like (laughs) Hey, if you want to be a good ally, just listen. Yeah. And don't argue. Yeah. <laughs> just listen to us. Don't argue and just please follow. And that's, that will, that will help you be a good ally. And that's what he did. Like that was his entire purpose. And I love that. Cause again, another subtle, subtle part yeah. of this movie that I think is a hundred percent purpose. Another broken white boy for us to fix. <laughs> oh, I love that line. That's yeah. amazing. Because that's also, I mean, it's a reference to Bucky, right? It's a yeah, reference yeah. to the the aforementioned uh, assassin who promptly got owned by Black Panther. So it's a fun and, little call out. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, since you guys brought it up, I, you know, in, in terms of representation, and I was going to talk about it next week since we're going to get more into different characters. But uh, Shuri, uh, Letitia Wright, represent uh, Guyana. That's my yeah. people. So, mm. like, literally representation all around like there's other representation for me and my people as well in this movie which i'll I'll talk about more next week but that's that's the other stuff that's so exciting because it's you know like like having a person of guyanese descent in like a major role in like a a blockbuster yeah not something that uh, i I, I normally see 
I believe Rihanna is part Guyanese, but you know that's that's a whole different area. <laughs> well, I want to take things back to Ryan Coogler for a second as we sort of get into. I want to go to Torby Fraser. Uh, always provides a nice little like history as to the story of Black Panther, and you know this was a bit of the role sort of appearing before the film, obviously. In that might, people might not know this, Chadwick Boseman was essentially cast for T'Challa all the way back in 2014, back when uh, back back when Latanya was watching. Captain America the Winter Soldier they were already eyeing a Black Panther and apparently this was Marvel Studios first and only casting choice they had nobody else in mind he was by far the person that they wanted to to go for uh and basically they said like it wasn't a, an audition as much as they just sat him down and were like what do you want to do with this and there have been stories that have come out and have come to prominence again about what he did with this role. One that has really come around, I think, was a story about how, when talking about the dialect yeah. that T'Challa does, uh, he mm-hmm. was initially mm-hmm. possibly asked to do a European dialect. And he said, nope, we are imagining a world, an African nation that is without European conquest. And so we want to conquer the European dialect, not the other way around. And so he... His dialect, which is brought in in Civil War, helped usher in essentially the way everyone else, which to both of your points, all these actors come from from different walks of life and different parts of the world. They all spoke with this same dialect. And that is purely due to Chadwick Boseman making sure that that European dialect did not make its way into the film. Yeah, and he um, specifically um, used the dialect of John Connie, who played his father mm. um and one of the sto- this uh in ryan cooler's tribute um to chadwick boseman he was telling the story about you know when he was first kind of looking at dailies of civil war to get an idea of like what what he wanted to do with black panther um he asked you know why this scene was in this uh south african dialect and um, they essentially said it was written in English and Chadwick Boseman um, just like learned the lines on the day in mm. Connie's dialect because he thought that, you know, you should honor him. And that's how, in addition to not wanting to have it be a European influenced one, um, it then went on to become the dialect that was used. So, I mean, just like the dedication um, <laughs> to, to doing yeah. that when no one asked you to. It's great. I mean, yeah, like that. I love that story so much. Like, you know, I I don't know what to even describe it as like finding that when I first found that out. But it's like that feeling when you find out something so amazing, you're like trying to walk and then you just get like weak and you just collapse. (laughs) your Like, that's the feeling I got. Like when 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 I heard that story, because it's just, you know, people talk about how like Chris Evans is basically just like Captain America in real life, which he is. um, But Chadwick Boseman was Black Panther in real life. Like this stuff like that shows the care an importance he really, really wanted to instill in these films, especially of representing black people and, you know, across the world, that story about, yeah, it like not, cause the British accent, because again, white people, uh, is the epitome of just like, that's how, you know, you're smart and intellectual is because you mm-hmm. have a British accent. Um, and you know, like as much as, you know, I, 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 that accent is great. Um, but you even look at Star Trek, right? Like Star Trek, um, Deep Space Nine, one of my favorites, um, Julian Bashir, who yeah. is a, a Indian character, still speaks with an elevated British accent. It is British Indian. Um, and that is the key, right? He's, he's a doctor, but he has that. And I think there's just so much there that, that really speaks to it that he thought about that fact. He's like, no, that's, that, that's not what this has to be. It can be, we're allowed to be strong people 
on our own. We're allowed to be smart and intellectual with our own accent. And we don't have to be like European influence in order to have that be what we are. Um, it's really so great. And like, you know, shout out to a book I'm reading now. And like, you, you, you see this in fantasy. I, I mentioned N.K. Jemison before, and I love her work. Um, and like, she really is one of the other, you know, what people right now in the forefront of the sci-fi and fantasy genre that is leading, uh, black authors into this, this, this realm. Um, and a book I'm reading, uh, by, uh, Evan Winter called the rage of dragons, uh, who is a black writer Mm. doing a fantasy story. And what I love about this and what you see a lot more now, especially is fantasy stories that aren't set in medieval Europe as its influence. So many stories of the fantasy world draw from that world for familiarity, for something that feels like that. I love that this, this book does not, it draws from, you know, uh, um, um, African uh, history. And I think that's so great because it, it, it's, it's just something that, that like, Oh, it's different and it's fantasy, but it's not, it just draws from a different part of the world. And I love that, that we're getting more of that stuff. Uh, You know, we're getting things like that because you have people that are, allowing and breaking ground into making this more acceptable, circling back to Chadwick Bosman, like that's what he was doing. He was making so much of black culture. It uh, just feel normal and acceptable and as elevated and as high and can score higher even than others. And I think that's great. And it's another reason this, this movie is so powerful and his portrayal and his influence in this movie is so important and in the world, his influence in the world around this. Yeah, so a couple more pieces of, of feedback if you sort of uh, continue the conversation here. On that note, so Andy Pittman-Will wrote, uh, This hit us really hard after losing my cousin to colon cancer at age 27. In our house, we loved Black Panther. My young sons have Black Panther t-shirts, pajamas, and swimsuits. They saw an awesome world and a good man and admired him. And Alex Trias adds onto that and says, For me, it was one of those instances where Marvel picked the absolute best person to play the role of T'Challa. Really, it was all in the little things. You could read Chadwick through his eyes alone, what he was thinking and wanting to portray as the character in those moments. The man himself was a great human being as well, which is just a bonus. The way he played the role was so big that he became a symbol for many who always wanted to be a hero they could identify with. And I thought that last point particularly stuck with me because I think that's another reason why, when you both asked that question in the beginning of this podcast of why does this one hurt, because I think this was a legitimate black superhero, uh, both on and off the screen, because the character meant so much, but also the person, as we talked about before, made such an effort, knowing the position and platform he had to personify those virtues of what you you could strive to be uh, as as a BIPOC, uh, that I think that it, it it just it just spoke so many volumes and to lose somebody like that it just it sends out a shockwave like you got hit with a burst of kinetic energy latanya yeah i mean there are a lot of layers to it that are very unfortunate so we're living in a time of dual pandemics um there's obviously covid-19 which um mm. you know has killed hundreds of thousands of people at this point um, in America. And, you know, there are the protests against rampant institutional racism. Um, So people are dying and uh, it's people that we know and love, or maybe it's just people who are uh, being, their deaths are being recorded and then they're being sent on our, our, our social media feeds. Um, But it's, 
we can't mourn properly because of COVID. Um, mm. but there's so much that's coming at us at all times. And then, you know, there's the, there's the fact that he passed from cancer. Um, you yeah. know, colon cancer, which is yet another disease that disproportionately affects younger, uh, black men. Um, but also just because nearly everyone can relate to having someone in their life taken from them, um, from cancer. My, my aunt died of breast cancer. Um, one of my best friends from college died of colon cancer, uh, right at the beginning of quarantine. And we still haven't been able to get together to mourn his death yet because of COVID. Um, David Sims, um, at the Atlantic did the math, um, on this and Chadwick Boseman was diagnosed in 2016. Uh, that was the same year he debuted as T'Challa and, uh, yeah. Civil War. So that means that after his diagnosis, he filmed and appeared in Marshall, Black Panther, two more Avengers movies, 21 Bridges, uh, Spike Lee's The Five Bloods, and an upcoming adaptation of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, so anyone who's lived with a chronic illness or disability or has a family member or close friend in that situation, and especially anyone who has survived cancer or God forbid has lost someone to the disease understands what a massive undertaking all of this must have been for him. Um, and that he did it all while sparing his fans is just, it's king shit. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, that part of it too, like hits me in the other area. Um, like he, he, he didn't, he didn't want to show it to his fans, but I also do feel like there is the, there is the unfortunate Hollywood machine part of it, right? The, the, mm. the studio bigger part of it where I do think like part of him also felt like he had to keep it quiet because as a, you know, as a black person too, like getting, getting work is difficult to then like have, you know, have them know like, Ooh, he's sick. Who knows? What if, what if, what if production shuts down in the middle, like the, the almighty dollar at the end of the day should, is, is a concern and just also shows the type of things that I think that get reflected and should be talked about in, in, you know, in, in the broader sense of like the, the terribleness of that, of that fact. I mean, you know, to, to call back out John Boyega, like his interview really was so amazing because he did something that like, we are not allowed to do basically. And it's the same thing where it's like, he spoke the truth he spoke his truth in a way that he was just like you know like screw it like we're not supposed to do we're supposed to smile not along be happy we're here and you know those parts of the conversation i do hope get talked about as well mm. just the, the 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 way that that the machine has treated a lot of us is is unfair and not right and i do think he definitely i i think there's there's a lot we can't speak to like what what he was doing but i do think you know part of it also had to be the unfortunate situation of just like you know People looking down on people with with sicknesses or disabilities, and and the loss of, of a job and, and and stuff you could get from that, um, which is tragic and unfortunate in its own right. Right. A couple of pieces of feedback speaking to uh, you know respective personal experiences with cancer and how that relates to, to Chadwick's journey. The great Professor Strunk, who is a staple here on Everything Is Super, uh, says, "I am a cancer survivor, so I can speak with some knowledge as to that experience." With that in mind, I cannot stress how remarkable it is that Chadwick Boseman filmed what he filmed and embodied the role model that he embodied 
all while undergoing treatment. It is the mark of not just a cinematic hero, but a literal hero who, knowing he or she likely has little time left, doesn't wallow in pity or freeze in despair, but says, how can I, in the time that I have left, best help others and live out my passion? And Jeremy B. uh, says... Uh, I was very close seven months ago to almost having life-altering surgery on my colon because my Crohn's disease was out of hand. I almost lost everything, and I have lost 30 pounds of muscle in the process. I wasn't able to get bed out of bed for weeks because I was so sick. What Chad Bozeman did was more than heroic. I understand what it's like to be in pain because of your colon, and this man changed the world while dying. There is so much evil in this world, and this man was good. He was excellent at his craft, but even a better dude. And yeah, I totally get your points, Kevin, that there is almost, I can imagine, uh, a necessity of part of him to be like, I guess I have to, you know, keep making the donuts in a manner of speaking just because I don't know if I actually admit my diagnosis, how much people want to let me onto their projects. Because I believe when he was diagnosed, uh, I, I can't remember if there was an initial diagnosis and then the official diagnosis that he had gone to stage four, yeah, which is terminal. Uh, for- <clears throat> But like, I'm telling you, bring up a great point. Just like all the movies he made there were absolutely astounding. And I think those two pieces of feedback in particular, in addition to what you two have said, it's just that's another thing that I think, to your point, Kevin, just hits really hard is how much that probably physically hurt him to do each and every day. I mean, you see the the workouts and the regiments that it takes to be a Marvel superhero. You see the glow-ups that Chris Pratt goes through uh, to get into that Marvel superhero shape and to have him do that while essentially his body was giving out on him because at least part of me thinks he had to know, like, this is a chance to do something for my community and I don't know if the community will get another chance after this if i don't do this now and that is that is incredibly touching to me and i think that's something that has especially like it's not just the death i think that diagnosis as well really sent out an additional pang of emotion given that for lack of a better term sacrifice that he did to play this role yeah and you know yeah i I definitely want to you know jump onto that too and say like, yes, I think a part of it is very much like he very much wanted to do as much as he could for the community and, and, and work through what he was, you know, the pain he was in to provide and to do this stuff, because I do think he wanted to do that. I do think that that was important to him. Um, and like, you know, that, that's just me throwing out the, the, the idea of just some, again, something to think about in, in, in the broader, uh, scheme of things of, the parts that we don't think about is like, you know, what would have the effect, like had he said something, had he been more open, had it been more evident, like how many roles could have been lost out on the, the things that he wanted to do? Would we have as, you know, as, as, as viewers and as fans like lost out on because of something like that. Um, and we don't know the full answer and we never will, but you know, that there, there, there are things in Hollywood that I think speak to that um, for sure. Yeah. And I, I want to say, you know, again, like, anything that we would have to say about this um, is speculation because we don't Mm. know. Um, Yep. One of the things that I've read throughout the years is uh, not even dealing with Chadwick Boseman's health, but just like his life. He's a private person. Like he didn't talk about his relationship at all when asked. Um, 
But, you know, I'm interested in what larger conversations this opens up about chronic illness and disability and right. equitable health care. In my mind, the way I'm looking at it, um, I guess my own headcanon for this is that he wasn't silenced or silent. He was quiet. And there can be some power in that. Um, Kevin Kwashi, who is a professor of English at Brown, um, wrote that the interior is mostly known through the language of behavior, yet is expressive, meaningful, and has social impact. Quiet is expressiveness of the this interior that can appear publicly have an um, effect have an effect in political meaning, challenge to counter uh, social discourse. The distinction between quiet and silence is silence denotes something repressed and withholding. Quiet is presence. Chadwick Boseman, in my mind, was quiet, but his interiority contained multitudes, and he expressed that through the presence that he presented in his work. And that has meaning, Mm. and that has impact. And that's why we're here today to have this discussion. But we do need to move away from the idea that people dealing with health issues uh, either need to remain completely quiet about them or overshare uh, to convince people that they are in pain. Uh, you know, there's got to be some type of medium that we can come to that, you know, people who are dealing with these types of problems can deal with them on their own terms. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to the point of that silence, there's a, a, another clip that's been making the rounds that in retrospect, just adds even more meaning where I think back in 2017 or 2018, uh, Chadwick Boseman talked about basically having several consultations with, I think a 10 year old kid who had cancer and basically, you know, his father was able to reach out to Chadwick and Chadwick, you know, was in touch with this kid saying, Hey, you know, I, I I want you to keep on that journey because I want you to be able to see black Panther. And unfortunately uh, the kid ended up passing away, but I, I believe they were able to see in that goal. But like now realizing that conversation happened while he himself was facing a terminal diagnosis just like makes your heart sink into your butt. It's just like a a weight. And I think that totally speaks to what you're talking about, Latanya, this idea of his, his silence was still a presence. And even in those small ways where we didn't even realize it, he was able to connect with people, even not through the character, even just through similar life circumstances. And I, my hope is that that helped him a little bit as much as he helped that kid in that moment. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that it did. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) yes, it's, it's, I mean, all these just speak to what we were saying, like the, the, the loss in the hole that we have both um, as, as people and as, you know, in terms of like goodness is, is huge. It's it's mm. massive, um, and it's upsetting to have that happen right now, uh, as mentioned. And it's just it's brutal. I mean, to to, to have a a, a a a more uplifting, funny moment as we're talking about clips being shown around. One of my favorite that I recently saw, and I don't know if you all have seen it, but it's from the Oscars uh, yeah. of that year, <laughs> and when Green Book won, and it's Chadwick turning around and giving this look. Yeah. 
to Michael B. Jordan that I feel every person of color knows that look because we've all like done it like that that eye that look <laughs> to, to like someone else I'm like sorry. I felt it deep in my soul I'm sorry y'all alarm just went off on my phone oh that's all good okay all right um yeah, so I want to talk a bit about, uh, we mentioned this a bit, but, you know, what Chadwick and T'Challa and Black Panther, the the outward effects, because uh, I have a couple pieces of feedback here. First from Martin Simon Dye, uh, who said, as a POC, it was so gratifying to see Black Panther. I know this representation is important to so many people, especially kids. The fact that this film has significant meaning to so many people can never be understated. Art holds an important place in many of our hearts. Representation in media has always been something important to me. It might sound hyperbolic, but I know for certain this is about more than just a movie for many of us. I've cried many tears upon hearing the news and reflecting on the impact of Black Panther. And Felipe Shimon uh, similarly writes, Black Panther gave all POC representation and hope. Whether it was celebrating my Black peers seeing themselves on a huge mainstream film, or imagining what the future could be regarding diversity in the media, the film becomes a testimony as to why representation matters. Black Panther is the number one grossing solo superhero film in box office history. It's the only MCU film to be nominated for Best Picture. So many important milestones, but none will be more important than highlighting black excellence and talent and giving black people a superhero that represents them. Lastly, the future of the MCU will forever have Chadwick's legacy to remember and recognize when creating diverse stories. Simu Liu tweeted that, quote, without Chadwick, there is no Shang-Chi. Just like there is no Shang-Chi without Chadwick and Black Panther. There is no Miss Marvel's show. There is no Captain Marvel. There would be no Latinx or indigenous heroes to follow, etc., Kevin, what what do you think about that? Do you agree with Felipe's statement as to how, even within the MCU itself, Black Panther was essentially groundbreaking to say, for lack of a better term, we don't need a straight white male to anchor our films? Uh, I mean, yes. I mean, for so many reasons. Like, you know, I I just referenced that clip um, of, of him giving the look. And it is, I think, the accurate look because Black Panther probably should have won that year, certainly over Green Book. I mean, it just shows... Mm. The, the disconnect, I think, in, 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 in what certain white people think is stories about black people versus what is stories about black people. Um, and, uh, this, you know, the, the, the representation matters discussion is, is so huge and so important. And it is, I think representation matters to such a, such a high degree. And we, we wouldn't get a lot of the stuff that we are getting without the success of Black Panther. As mentioned, like the movie had to succeed if we were had any hope of getting more and getting another chance at this stuff. Um, it's such a weird thing for me. Cause I also, you know, it's so important. I think for now, especially for us to be seeing people that look like us on the big screen and, and in, and in stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am so happy that, that we've gotten here. And I know the discourse is always so weird because, you know, you have the people, the trolls who are just like, Oh, diversity, you're shoving down my throat or whatever. And you still have, you know, there are people out there and I kind of, I'm not trying to say anything, you know, I might get yelled at for this, but whatever. Um, there's a lot of people who, who watch this as well and have this reaction of just like, I just can't, I just can't connect to the character. And I'm going to say there's a lot of white people who basically watch these movies and are just like, I don't know. I can't connect to that character. And it's so weird. Like I, I don't hear that a lot 
necessarily from people of color. And I think a big reason that, that, that it is a little bit different is that like, you've never had to, you've never had to connect to someone that didn't look like you. Um, because like, you know, white, like there's been so many white characters and white heroes forever. And there's always these options for, for, for people to look at and be like, great. I connect to this character because he looks like me. Awesome. We didn't have that for so long that I think like, Superman is one of my favorite characters of all time. He's always going to be. And like, he looks nothing like me, but I was able to connect to him because I didn't have another choice or another option. And for a long time, that was the case. And I think I'm so thankful that we are getting to the point now where that isn't the case anymore. Um, but it, it is so vital that we are having this diversity that you can hit all these different spots. But just when I hear that, that stuff too, it just sticks with me when we're talking about the importance of representation, like, I just remember so many people saying that and I'm just like, what do you mean you can't connect to this character? Cause what? <laughs> like it was so bizarre to me. And, but it is, and I do think like it's, I don't think it's on purpose. I think it's, it's, it's one of those unconscious bias things. You just, you've never had to, you never had to develop that skill set essentially to like be like, not have the option to connect to someone who doesn't look like you, which is like for most of my life, that's all I've had. And for most black people's life, that's it's all we literally, had, you know? we got blade and blade was literally dope, called, but, empathy, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, exactly. I I mean, my my response to people who make comments like that is the classic Livia Soprano, poor you, um, and then you know just walking away. Um, I I mean, what I will say is that there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of cash grab attempts, for lack of a better word, or a better way to put that. Um, that result from this, the best way that people can honor the memory of Chadwick Boseman is to make more Black Panthers. And I don't mean, you know, specifically mm. Black Panther. <laughs> I mean, like more movies that are starring Black people, directed by Black people, Black people behind the scenes, more movies, you know, like the new Shang-Chi that's coming out. You know, they, there needs to be more stories that reflect what the world looks like, not what, you know, mm. uh, you know, a boardroom in at a top floor of a company looks like, you know what I mean? It just like, that is how you honor someone. Um, and, and the legacy that you, you know, say that you care so much for that. That's what I want to see out of Hollywood and out of Disney and the MCU coming from this, that would be the real change. Um, you know, mm. there's, there's just no excuse at this point um, to not have more diversity, to not have more representation in all areas. Yeah. There's no excuse. Exactly. Like now they would be like, well, uh, you know, we tried Black Panther and that didn't work. Uh, nope. The award nominations and the box office numbers speak for themselves. This is a story that people have been waiting to see. You have literally no excuse at this point to not tell a story that people have been waiting to hear about for years at this point. I think, you know, it, we're opening this can of worms. So, it, 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 you know, warning to people, I'm about to get real mad and might make some people mad on this one. But um Yes, there's so much here as a person who is so involved in 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 pop culture who's, who 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 has so many feelings about Hollywood who 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 has a connection to the comics industry and the and a want to join that that industry despite how it treats a lot of us sometimes. Um 
it's it's important exactly like Tanya said to have these stories but to tell to have the people who these stories are about tell these stories as well and i think the part of you know we talked about the power of black panther being that is because this story was told about black people by black people and i think so many times and so many times recently you are seeing these things where people try to capitalize on conversations and things happening in a cash grabby like trying to be relevant moment but do not have the actual people involved the actual people that's happening to in that room telling helping tell these stories or guiding these stories and right you know after it all happened after the conversations there was the discussion about like well what is going to happen to the character what is going to happen to black panther you know obviously there's going to you have to make another black panther movie and and it's like okay well who's going to pick up the mantle and all right. this and other in stuff in fact and i so believe much- he was full chadwick was fully intending to start filming i think this fall uh should you right. know things things have picked back up for black panther 2 yeah and and i'm like obviously these these discussions have to happen but it's so frustrating and angering that the scramble of importance to this is so high now in a way that I think is beyond what it should be. It should be important because it's an important story. It doesn't mean to be told in Black Panther, but the importance now becomes carrying on a legacy. And it's because, you know, to Latanya's point, we only have Black Panther. The fact that we only right. have Black Panther is insane. There should be so much more black superheroes and, and other types of superheroes already. But we had one. And now that that's gone, we don't have we barely have anything and it's just so upsetting, not just from a Hollywood standpoint, but from a like comic book standpoint, we have so little, like you look at this, like we're getting a Shang-Chi movie. Who is a character who's also lesser known. Black Panther was a very popular character that existed. So many of our, the characters that look like us barely known. And to the idea that I'm actually going to have a superhero that looks like me on the screen anytime soon is pretty much none that like you have Kamel Nanjiani being in the Eternals, which is a, mm. which is a cast, which they 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 cast that character who isn't that's his race because that's the only way we're getting those slots filled these days. But there's not a superhero that looks like me that exists, and there's not. I mean, maybe there might be, but if you look at what comics are doing as well, it, usually those characters are created by white people. So many characters of color in comic books are created by white creators. There is barely any that is actually created by the 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 the, by a person of color of any sort so just you know from from hollywood yes but also from the characters being created like marvel dc especially like you guys are the forefronts of a lot of this stuff you have to have to do better you have to bring people of color into your you know into your industry like you have to do more to make that happen the the way that the industry is run it's filled with white writers and white creators and having them then create the people that look like us is also unfair and having them tell those stories is unfair. You, you got to do better. You got to bring people of color in to create these characters. You got to have us tell these stories as well. You can't just rely on white people to tell the stories for other white people. It's, it's just really frustrating. And that death hit me and made me so upset for that reason too. Just the the very little we have gets taken away like this. And Mm. there's so there's, there's barely anything else that'll fill that void because not enough has been done um, to, to, to do it. And you see it now when this stuff happens across the globe, when these shootings happen, all of a sudden these brands and these, they, they come out and they're just like, we're going to say a thing to be supportive, but then do right. nothing, do nothing for real. And it, it's annoying that they even have and frustrating and upsetting that it takes these tragedies to have this conversation and make this conversation happen and even have them pretend to actually listen. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was a long <laughs> rant about <laughs> it, but just do better. Just do better. <laughs> Jesus. And j- just quickly, may I, may I just say, uh, in terms of the discussion of like, who's going to be the ne- next Black Panther? Like, can we not? Like, <laughs> yeah. He literally just died. I, I, I just, it's, it, none of us are <laughs> in Marvel making decisions right now, like about, any of this stuff. So it's not financially affecting us. Um, so why are we having discussions about, um, the fungibility of black men, uh, as if they're mm. just interchangeable? Like, let's not, let's not do it. Let's, how about we don't? Um, it's just, <laughs> I don't know that, that the same within like an hour of the news happening. Uh, some website posted uh, Screen Rant. Gonna call go. it out. I think, believe it was Screen yeah, Rant. I believe, I believe Screen Rant posted something overnight from when Chadwick yeah. Boseman died of like, can they still do Black Panther without Chadwick Boseman? Just like, Here's how. That's actually what I believe they, t- they did. So, I mean, yeah. Let's, how about we just don't? <laughs> um, and for, right. for a bit. And like, celebrate the life of a person who gave us so much. Um, and try not to be, you know, uh, so worried about the Hollywood machine continuing to turn. And that being said, there have been many, many tributes that have gone across the internet from the, the Disney Marvel machine side as well. I know that this past Sunday, uh, ABC did a special commercial free airing of Black Panther, and they actually aired a, a special after that that gave a, a tribute to Chadwick that also featured a lot of video messages from many Marvel cast members who also sounded off on social media. I'll put that link in the, in the show description as well as a, a series of interviews on ET Canada with various cast members that have appeared with Chadwick in both Black Panther and the other films as well. And I think, I mean, it, it, obviously the, the love that has been felt for Chadwick, uh, just like as a person from his co-stars has been felt for the week. But I think if you need something distilled down, just check out those two specials. Uh, cause I think that that just really shows the compounded effect he had as a person and as as a leader on set, I think um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Denai who wrote in her her Instagram tribute something like he made everyone feel loved and heard and seen. You know, he had a heroic spirit. He marched to the beat of his own drum. So again, in this celebrity culture, it is so tough to discern who the real person is from what's been packaged to us. But if these testimonials and this special is any indication, it is, you know, Chadwick Boseman is every bit the hero that T'Challa was both on set and just generally as, as a person in the black community. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking at the character as well, you know, we, we, we will probably touch on this more, next week but i think the other powerful thing about that character and that i think is reflected a lot is his ability to learn and to change yeah and 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 change for the better um you know a big part of civil war is of course his quest for vengeance and he is a character that actually legit changes and just like vengeance and death is not the way and doesn't kill uh, zemo at the end um and in this again he he is someone who's willing to learn accept and change and i think that's something that's important across the board um 
and something I, I, I think people should take away and learn from this character as well. But I think he is also extended as, as a person. You know, I think he was always open to like listening and understanding. He, he was a true King um, in so many ways, a leader and a listener and someone to support and uphold his people. Uh, I want to give you both the opportunity to give some final thoughts. Obviously, these are not the final, final thoughts, because you all still have an entire movie to really talk about. Uh, but I guess to sort of put a punctuation point at the end of this conversation about T'Challa, uh, it's specifically as a character and the legacy of, of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, Latanya, I'll start with you. Um, yeah. So, um, when I was initially asked to be um, on this episode, it was before we found out the news of Chadwick passing. Um, but, you know, I wanted to do this anyway um, because, you know, I really wanted to have a moment to just kind of like communally be able to vent and get some feelings out and just like, you know, talk about the life and legacy of someone who was so important to me and to the black community at a time when things are really, really tough for black mm-hmm. people. Um, and so I just want to thank him um, for, you know, what he gave us and um, how he did it um, and persevering the way that he did. And I also want to um, say that uh, to anyone out there who is dealing with this um, loss or uh, having it compound any other losses that you might be feeling in your life, it's completely understandable um, because we're all grieving in one way or another, whether it's about this death or uh, any of the other 10 million things that happen every day in 2020. Um, so if you're, uh, you know, continuing to exhibit behaviors such as like inability to sleep or extreme nervousness or something like that, then you feel like you need to talk to someone. Um, you should reach out to, um, the S A M H S A national hotline, um, uh, which is at 1-800-662-HELP. Um, and they're a treatment referral writing service that can, uh, get you to some low cost mental health um, <clears throat> services. Um, and then there's also, of course, um, the suicide prevention hotline.org. Um, and women's health magazine, um, has, um, some pretty good, um, recommendations for cheap, affordable online therapy during the coronavirus. And we can include the links for each of these in the show notes. So just, uh, Absolutely. take care of yourselves and, uh, the people around you because, uh, life truly is fleeting and something to um, to appreciate. Thank you for that uh, amazing message and, and set of resources. Kevin, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm one I'm I'm bad with uh, grief in general. Um, I, I I'm not good at expressing it or, or delving deep into it and, and and saying things like that. Too, Latanya did such an amazing job. I'm not going to even come close to saying something Thank so you. poignant and important. Um, so all, all I'll say, uh, you know, for, to, to, as, as last words in regard to that is just, you know, uh, rest in power and Wakanda forever. 
Uh, and I'll, I'll finish off here with a couple things. First, sort of, uh, you know, segueing off of Latanya's final point. Uh, there is an article at EliteDaily.com which lists 12 colon cancer charities that have seen a huge uptick in donations since the passing of Chadwick Boseman. And obviously, I think one way that, that we'd like to digest grief is finding actionable items uh, to sort of work through. And I think if you were one of those people, I would very highly encourage you to donate to one or all of those causes. I'll have that link in the show notes as well. There's 12, so you have a dozen literally to choose between. Uh, and the final thing I'll read is actually from what Latanya talked about before, uh, Ryan Coogler's tribute uh, from uh, um, he made a statement on marvel.com and here's the final paragraph in African cultures we often refer to loved ones that have passed on as ancestors sometimes you are genetically related sometimes you are not I had the privilege of directing scenes of Chad's character T'Challa communicating with the ancestors of Wakanda we were in Atlanta in an abandoned warehouse with blue screens and massive movie lights but Chad's performance made it feel real. I think it was because from the time that I met him, the ancestor spoke through him. It's no secret to me now how he was able to skillfully portray some of our most notable ones. I had no doubt that he would live on and continue to bless us with more. But it is with a heavy heart and a sense of deep gratitude to have ever been in his presence that I have to reckon with the fact that Chad is an ancestor now, and I know that he will watch over us until we meet again. And I couldn't think of a better way to put a period at the end of that that statement as you both move into more Black Panther discussion. So, again, thank you to everyone who who sent in your feedback uh, about the legacy of Chadwick Boseman and, and what the character Black Panther means to you. Thank you to Latanya and Kevin for both being so open about your experience as well. The discussion is is just beginning, though. So next week, Josh should be back as the three of you are going to break down the movie proper, because as you talked about, there is so much damn good stuff in this movie that that one podcast simply could not hold it. And of course, the usual fare of the ratings will be in there. I think we'll finally get an answer to the the conflict that uh, got brewed up last week as to which has the final batters, Civil War or Ragnarok. Those answers and many more coming next week. Uh, but but I want to finish off by sort of plugging uh, the the Lovecraft Country coverage that, that you all do on post-show recaps. Give us a pitch here, because I can imagine that those who are interested in Black Panther would probably have an interest in Lovecraft Country. In in both of your opinions, uh, why do you think this show and its subsequent coverage is right for those that are, you know, such big fans of this type of movie? Huh. Um, That's tough. I will say that the show itself, if you, you know, if you like horror... Um, and if you are interested in black stories being told by black creators um, with fantastic visuals uh, in terms of um, cinematography, in terms of um, color uh, and dress as well, like the time period is incredible. Um, you know, it's definitely a show you should watch. Uh, I think it do, de- deals with in interesting ways, a lot of topics of race, um, a lot of cool horror elements. Um, but uh, the other reason to throw back to my uh, <laughs> earlier point, because y'all squat up. If we want more black stories told by black uh, by black people, let's watch this show and make it popular. So that's my big yeah. reason. Let's let's keep it going so we can keep let's getting keep more. Doing, 
keep getting more shows. Also, um, there's a connection between Black Panther and Lovecraft Country in that Lovecraft Country um, has Angela Bassett's husband and mm-hmm. Black Panther has Angela Bassett. So, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's re- they're really companion pieces, if you look at it that way. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. It's it's sort of like uh, the husband and wife's like s- selective properties that they sort of bring to the dinner table, exactly. uh, which I could. Oh, I mean, I want to be at that dinner table one day. That one can only dream. So be sure to check all that out. I think uh, episode three's coverage just came out. So episode three of ten so far. You can hop right into the coverage. Uh, so check that out over on post show recaps. Make sure you follow everyone here. All these fantastic people on social media. Uh, Kevin is at Kev Mahadeo on Twitter. Latanya is at LK Starks. Josh is. At at Round Howard, I am at a Mike Loon type, of course, at Post Show Recaps. Uh, we're still taking feedback in for Black Panther for the movie proper discussion next week. So be sure to send in your feedback specific to the movie discussion. Apologies if we didn't read your feedback this week. We saved a lot of the movie specific feedback for next week, but you could still send in your stuff and your Infinity Stone ranking super at postshowrecaps.com. And of course, subscribe uh, to check out all the great stuff that Kevin and Josh are doing. Again, I want to thank you both for uh, coming to the table and talking about such such a, a sad day, but such an uplifting day to commemorate the, the power that, that Chadwick Boseman brought to us all. And thank you all for listening as well. The Black Panther discussion will keep on keeping on next week with discussion of the movie. We'll talk to you then. Rest in power, Chadwick. Oh, don't go and talk about my father. God is my friend, Jesus is my friend, he made this world for us to live in, and gave us everything, and all he asks of us, is we give each other love, love your mother, she bore you, love your father, he works for you. Love your sister, she's good to you. Love your brother, love your brother. Don't go talk about my father. God is my friend, Jesus is my friend. And when he calls on us for mercy, he'll be merciful, my friend. And all he asks of us, Yes, we give each other love.